0: Radio influence.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody is doing grand. Your boy is doing grand listen man listen there is some serious news that dropped this morning uh you know let's you know let's just call it for what it is it, it's it's kind of a you know it's 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 quite a couple people off guard um I didn't I can be honest and' keep it a thousand with you your boy didn't see this coming Um, And it'll be interesting to see how it affects the MotoGP world. This morning, morning to us here in the States, Jorge Lorenzo announced his retirement from MotoGP. The race, the final race of the 2019 season, which is this weekend, in Valencia at Valencia sorry in Spain that will be the final moto gp race for five time world champion jorge lorenzo that's major that's major um you know you you just you you realize throughout this year uh, has he had the most stellar season no did he have struggles yes uh last year yes year prior yes but let's not let's not forget that Jorge Lorenzo five time champion world champion in the 250cc class he won the championship i think it was in 2006 In 2007. okay. then in the premier class with Yamaha, with Yamaha, he won in 2010, 2012 and in 2015. So, you know, we're dealing we're dealing with a champ here. We're dealing with a champ. And, you know, he's made his press conference in which he at which he announced his retirements. He said, which it resonated with me. I just thought it was deep on another level. He said that there are four days, four days in which a rider will remember their first race, their first win, their first championship, and the day they retire. Four days You know what? And, you know, I I have to take my hats off. I had the opportunity to kick it with Jorge a a few times, a selection of times Uh, before he was uh, with Ducati. Again, he was with Yamaha. Uh, I had a chance to meet him and hang out with him first in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, I have a number of Red Bull after party stories. Uh, Jorge was a character in one of those stories. Um, good dude, good dude. And the first time that I did meet him, it was, uh, it would have been 2015, 25. Was it 2015? It might've been 2015, maybe 2014. Um, and we kicked it. it was good dude, you know, and then the next time we hung out was the first year of Austin, MotoGP, solid dude. Um, we were, it was a random bump into each other on 6th Street. Uh, I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday, and he was with a couple of people from his crew. And, you know, I was just busting the grub at one of the spots on 6th Street. Recognized him. He recognized me. was a good look. Uh, we kicked it for a little bit, snapped a photo, chilled, watched the soccer game. Busted a grub. It was a good look, um, but beyond that, you 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 can't deny that Jorge Lorenzo was was is one of the most. Uh, he was, you know, I, I appreciate and totally adore. I'm mean, going to use that word adore. How Mark Marquez has embraced the show, the showmanship, that level. But you can't you can't front on Jorge. Jorge had some after-race antics that were very entertaining. And, you know, his his ability to ride the bike, to uh, entertain the crowd, um, you know, master class, master class. And of course, with that, you know, he came with his own box of drama. Um, you know, he he'll be missed. He'll be missed, I think. I believe I know he brought a lot to the GP paddock, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. I enjoyed I enjoyed his presence uh, as a spectator, as a journalist, as a fan, as a member of the motorcycle community. I enjoyed him and I think he'll be missed by all. I think he'll be missed by all a um, little bit of a shock, a little bit of shocking news that, you know, he's retiring. Um, so yeah, that's going down. That's major, major news. Final race of the Moto GP season, 2019 season comes to a close this weekend. I'll be watching it. Thanks to my good people. My friends over at BN sports. Like I said, when I can't be at the races, I'm watching the races on BN sports. Um, I'll be checking that race out. So you guys make sure you do it as well. MotoGP, Valencia, final round of 2019 season. Jorge Lorenzo, five-time world champion, is retiring. His last race, his last race, that's deep. Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. My guest this week is a super cool little dude. He's a pro racer. He's someone that I consider a little bro. Please welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, Damian Jigala. Dame, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I am. I'm great. You know, let me tell you. Matter of fact, your boy Black Moses is doing great. Let me just off the gate from the hip. Let's just talk about your voice, man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Your yep. voice has, you know, it you know, you got that little bit of that bass. You, you know, your new riding name might be Barry White. You got that deepness <laughs> to the voice. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, brother. Yo, man, how are you? What's good? Been good, man. Been good. Just lots of training and preparation for next season. Okay, good. You know what? Um, I, you know, I we met oh man. When did we meet? We met.
2: Do you recall? Yep. It was um, the Dionysi party in uh, when they opened up in Orange County. Orange County. Was that 2016? I think so. Because right afterwards, we did the Jason Pridmore school. That's right.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yo, that was that was such a great weekend because well, one, you and I met that made it great. Um, But. Tom was there You know my bro Tom Sykes was there uh, The bro mm-hmm. l- The late Great uh, Nikki Hayden was there uh, Shout out to Jackie Jackie was in the building too um, mm-hmm. So many and So and Shout out to Rob uh, Sadowski and Pete Money uh, Everybody The whole team over at Dainese uh, That was such a great event Everybody was there A day was there um, yep. Tisha was there. Uh, so many people were in the build. My boy Jensen was there from Asphalt and Rubber. He was in the building. That was that was a grand weekend, man.
2: Yeah, it was. It was really packed. And uh, luckily, I was fortunate enough to meet Nikki Hayden. Now that was actually happened to be the only time. I met him, but it was really great just talking to him and getting to know him and just, it's so crazy that these guys, they're so big, but at the end of the day, they're still just people, you
1: know? You know, and that's the the beautiful thing about our culture, our sport, our universe, the motorcycle universe, is that we all throw one leg over the bike one at a time. So, you know what I mean? There's no, nobody is jumping on the bike, both legs. Nobody is levitating off the ground and landing on the bikes. <laughs> you Nobody's know, <when> teleporting <laughs> onto the bike. Unless we, you're Mark Marquez. Unless you're Marquez, you know, that's, he's an alien, he's an alien. But <laughs> other than that, other than that, it's pretty much we are all the same. We have the same love, the same passion. And, and that's cool, that's a nice little segue because that's kind of how, when we, when you and I met, We saw each other and, you know, and I think we met very briefly at the reopening of the store, uh, of the Dionysia store. But it wasn't until the next day that at Chuckwalla, that at the track, that's when I think you and I really had a chance to talk. And um, and kick it a little bit, Um, and there was you know. It's it's funny because about a week ago, I was watching some you know the video that was shot. Shout out to my man Lamar M Vision Films. uh, They did the videos, the little video series, and there was a segment in there where you and I, you know, were were talking, and you know, Mm -hmm. it it, it took me back. It took me back. But you were when we met. How old were you?
2: I was probably like twelve years old now. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy! And I, I remember actually, I, Go ahead. I came I came across that that video. Um, I came across it like I think it was a few months ago now, but it's crazy just saying myself so young. I'm like I had the little squeaky voice, you know. I, and that's uh, what I'm
1: saying. <laughs> Look, anybody listening to the show right now, when you're done listening to the show, Google Dainese Days. Uh, on you, Google it, YouTube it, whatever, and you'll see what we're talking about. There's a clip where there's just me and all my blackness in the big mass. I'm sitting next to a little guy. <laughs> and it's Damien. Yeah, I was tiny. I mean, oh, I'm still man. a small guy, but even there I was so tiny. Your voice was—you're like I'm you're like I'm twelve. <laughs> now you're like yeah, you know I, I was yep. twelve, but now you know. Um no, but that was such a great time. And you know I, I, and I've been I, I was fortunate to, you know, to see you then. And I you know, I'm I call you little bro, but on the real, I consider you I'm, I'm a fan of yours. You know, what I mean I love I appreciate I love, it, man. Oh, absolutely, bro. Um you, you kind of personify the the, the focus and the drive and the determination that I think a lot of older people could benefit from just by being in your company. Like you work really hard. And I think that a lot of people double your age, maybe triple your age, could learn from your work ethic. You know what I'm saying? Without you sounding arrogant about yourself, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. No, I
2: understand what you're saying. And you know, motorcycles have been part of my life since I have memory, you know, and uh, ever since I was little, I always had that that focus of of making it to MotoGP. And I know that's every young rider's goal. And um, and of course, that's a uh, that's a really big goal to have. And that's a very um, difficult task to accomplish. But I mean, at the end of the day, everything I do, I eat, sleep, think MotoGP, I train MotoGP, I ride MotoGP. All I want to do is MotoGP, you know,
1: you know, I, I you say that and I believe you and I, be, you know, what I mean, it's like I believe you like I, it's not like you. some people are like, yeah, I want to do this or I'm working toward that. Like, I literally believe you that I'm I believe that I'm talking to a future, maybe th- Moto3, maybe Moto2. Potentially a MotoGP champion, um, but just don't forget, don't forget your boy Black Moses when you get up there. Don't act of like course when you get, not. When you of course get up not. on the podium and I'm giving you <laughs> shout outs, All right, you better look at because remember, I let you rock the chain. I let you rock the SPI I think, chain. Yeah, I remember that. All right, yep. so at, don't don't get new on your boy when you up there. All right, just holler at your boy. Um, <laughs> but I want. Let's take it back a little bit. Let's talk about. Your, your early riding days, your early bike life, so to speak. You know, when did you first get on a bike?
2: Yep. So, um, so my dad was always um, a big motorcycle enthusiast. He always um, did track days and always had bikes as a hobby, you know. So ever since I was born, I was always around it. And, like, I even have pictures from when I still had a pacifier in my mouth. I was sitting on my dad's ZX6. That's and before crazy. I could even talk, I would I would rev the bike and stuff. Um, That's you know, crazy. it would make me so happy. And um, and I actually got my first dirt bike when I was three years old on a little PW fifty.
1: Okay, okay.
2: I remember the first time ever riding it too. It was crazy. At the time, um, my dad actually had a Harley, and um, he took it he took it out of the garage. He he was like, "All right, follow me." and um, we were just going up and down the block together and it was such a special moment to me cuz um, not were three, only was that you were 3 the, years old I was 3 years old wow not only was that my first my first taste of motorcycles but it was special just cuz I got to do it with my dad and we got to do it side by
1: side your dad's one of the coolest dudes your dad's one of your dad's a real cool dude you can see um just give your dad a shout out
2: shout out to you for sure you know (laughs) if it wasn't for my dad you know he um he's the he's really the one that's made everything possible for me you know if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today you know he's really made um my dream a reality um and um and he's given me all the pieces I need to be successful and um he um you know, I really rely on him and I really appreciate everything he does for me.
1: You know, what's cool about watching your dad watch you is you can see his level of excitement. Um, but there's a difference between I feel like some parents live vicariously through their children's successes. I don't feel like your dad is doing that. I feel like your dad is happy. He's living his life as a parent who's proud of of what his child is accomplishing. And there's a difference there. And I'm saying that as a father, like there's there's a difference between saying, you know, I think when sometimes when parents live vicariously, it's almost like they're trying to recapture something or they're trying to uh, capture something that they may be missed out on. I don't get that from your dad. I get from your dad that he's so proud of what you're doing because you're doing on the motorcycle you're that's you that is you rubber to asphalt hand the throttle that's all you everything that happens off the bike you know training uh support all those things that's that's all right it is what it is but when it comes to you being on the bike at pace okay fight for turn one going for the whole shot all that stuff coming across the finish line all of that stuff that's all you and i watched your dad with his excitement and I've watched, it's, it's a very special thing to watch fathers or parents of racers. It's a very cool thing to watch. And your dad, like I was saying, when he's one of the coolest cats, I know he's very cool. He's excited for you and he's happy for it. And he's proud. And it just beams off of him, man. So you, you, you gotta be, you have to be proud of yourself. Are you not? For sure. You know, um, a I know part- I, I know you're humble. I know you a humble dude, bro. But <laughs> <laughs> here at life in the fast lane, we can turn up a little bit. Let's talk about it. Are you proud of yourself? You know, I am happy with what I've
2: accomplished. Um you know like some of my most special memories are my first ever race win was um on father's day and uh my first professional podium happened to be on my dad's birthday that, see that's what the i'm trance. talking about
1: okay this is this is exactly what i'm talking about there is something magical going on in your and household and you know um and just seeing um
2: just seeing my dad's emotion as soon as I came back to the park for May after I had um, finished on the podium, you know, made me feel it made me not so much feel proud, but like feel special inside that not only am I am I happy and excited for myself because I got a podium, but just because we kind of shared that moment together. You know what I mean?
1: I love it. I love it. When was your first podium? No, no, no. Better question. When was your first race?
2: my first ever race was in 2013. Um, I was racing at the time, a Honda NSR 50. Okay. Little 50 CC two stroke. And, um, and it was in a, I was racing in a local series in Wisconsin called Northwoods GP. And, um, and they're racing, um, on a, uh, they had these go-kart tracks right there were more so supermoto tracks though because they would divide half the track for go-karts and then they would do the full track for supermoto okay and, and it was actually very very cool and fun series and there's some good competition in it too with more people that were that were closer to my age um and um the first two races you know I got a feel for it and then my third race which happened to me on father's day i um came out on top and it was more than just a win it was a I remember it was a battle to the, to the finish line too, which made it that little bit more special. But um, nice, but yeah, I have a picture of um, when I, as soon as I came in back into the pits, my dad picking me up and uh, <laughs> it was fun.
1: That's fantastic, man. Um, you're, you're now based out of Chicago, correct? Is Chicago, yeah. the Chicago area or? Just outside of Chicago. I
2: live like 20 minutes from O'Hare. Okay, okay. What's your home track? So my home track, the closest track to me, um, would be Road America, which is just when you get into Wisconsin. That's so it's Elkhart like Elk Elkhart,
1: Elkhart Lake. Elton's always mispronounced yep. It. Elkhart Lake. Okay. Yep. You know what's funny? I have a great Road America story talking about Jason Pridmore. Shout out to JP. Um, the first time that I did a two-up ride was with JP at Road America. And That's uh, awesome. That was an experience. I'll just <laughs> yeah, I can't
2: imagine.
1: <laughs> All I'm saying is this: look, America is the whole thing itself. It's it's such, and it was it was you know, man. I would I recommend. Look, we can talk about mandom which is totally there's you know I'm not I'm not for mandom unless you're on a track and you're with a professional rider. So you know it's 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 excusable. Then if you're riding around street that's the, but that's questionable. Yeah. But if you yep. track with the pro, you know, you have to understand, it's a different experience, but I remember it, it really is. if you watch, and there's video of it, if you watch it, there's a certain point where we're looking at the sky. Look, I'm not saying that I've was, you know, I weighed a lot then, but I might've weighed more than what JP was <laughs> anticipating. So there was a lot of wheelies in the video, um, but it was a great time. man. that's, that was a, mm-hmm. that was a great time at road America um listen man i want to talk to you about moto america i want to talk mm-hmm. to you about your experience uh in moto america when did when, when was your first season in so
2: this past season was my first full season but towards the end of last year um i did the last let's yep at the end of 2018 i did the last few rounds at a uh, utah sonoma um pittsburgh jersey and barber okay how was it so it was a very good experience for me and i think moto america is really doing a good job of um of trying to bring back the popularity of motorcycle racing here in the u.s um and uh in utah my first race we showed up with um it was myself my dad and our sponsor at the time and um and it was a little bit difficult just figuring everything out, you know, kind of getting into the certain Moto America rules, getting certain, in, getting into their procedures and stuff like that. Um, but first race, I was able to finish fifth, and I had actually set the fastest lap of the race. Wow, so it was very okay. positive. Um, and that was your two, first wait. Thrift.
1: Wait, race one was your first race in Moto America, and you set the fastest lap. Is that what you just said? Yep. Yeah, that's right. All right. Speed is not a problem for you. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to Sonoma,
2: which was the next round, was a little bit of a tough weekend for me. Um, um, Going into Sonoma, um, it was a new track for me, and um, it doesn't really suit my riding style in the way that— my riding style is more fast and flowing kind of while Sonoma's a lot of stop and go blind elevation change. Overall, it was just a tough weekend. It was, we had an off weekend. We move on. Um, from there we went to Pittsburgh and for Pittsburgh, um, I was racing for a new team on a Ninja 400 previously. I was on an R3 for the first two rounds. Okay. Um, so moving on to a Ninja 400, um, in first race, I was able to battle for the win. Um, and, I was leading the race actually when a red flag came out and they stopped the race. And when they stopped the race, they went the lap before and I happened to be in second. Um, Oh, wow. But I was still very happy. You know, that happened to me on my dad's birthday. So it was a very special moment. Um, we, uh, celebrated well, you know, um, (laughs) and then, uh, (laughs) that following day, um, we weren't as lucky. Um, another rider happened to, we happened to come together and, um, actually it bent my front brake guard and that that pressed my front brake luckily it didn't lock up otherwise i would have gone down but my bike literally came to a complete stop at i had to pound on the brake guard break it off kept going and at that point i was dead last and i was able to make my way through the field just a little bit but um but it wasn't as lucky and then uh, from there
1: we were at new jersey mm-hmm. that's my home track new jersey yep. is my home track yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I saw you that weekend also.
1: Um, yeah, Do you use that? Be, all
2: weekend.
1: Uh, it, oh my god, it was torrential downpours. But hey, that's Jersey for you. That's Jersey. Yep.
2: And then, uh, so race one, I ended up fourth. Race two, there was some confusion on the grid because um, they said that the race was a quick restart procedure. So instead of stopping on the grid for fifteen minutes, we um, it was straight out lap, warm up lap, race, and we weren't aware. And the team had told me to, because um, the rules say that you don't have to stop on the grid. You can ride through pit lane and do another uh, outlap to kind okay. of get a feel for the conditions. And I was told to do so. Um, so I figured it would benefit me also just because I get to see have some more time on the track. Um, but when I came into the pits, they told me they were like, no, it's a quick restart procedure. I was like, No. Oh wow! So um, So you had to. When we did the warm up lap, I had to start dead last. I was able to make my way up to tenth, finish P ten, but you know it was still it was still a positive weekend. We had more seat time. We had more of a feel of how Moto America goes, and um, really it was all data collect for um, which was going to be for the following season. Um, From there, we went to Barber, the last round of last year, right? Um, And uh, race one. I, I didn't do well in qualifying. I started towards the back of the field, but I got a really good start, and I was carving my way through the field and um, ended up making my way to third. I set the fastest lap of the race, two laps in a row, and then um, going through one of the chicanes, I ended up tucking the front. Um, mm. Our problem was, which afterwards when we looked back on it, we needed to um, stiffen up the rear and raise up the rear a bit just to put a, try and... Put a little bit more weight on the front tire, um, but regardless, I ended up tucking the front. I was I was pretty upset with myself, um, but we were able to gather back up. Race two, I was able to finish second, which I was happy about. Um, finish the season on a on a good note.
1: Nice. Um,
2: and yeah, so that's those that were my first, first
1: few rounds. Yep. Now, this was eighteen. Now twenty nineteen though. Twenty nineteen, full season in. Yep. You have Mm -hmm. experience under your belt. You know, at this point, you should know or be a little bit more familiar with the tracks you you were competing on. How did it go? Mm -hmm. So 2019 season, honestly, just
2: go our way, you know, starting at Atlanta. um, We found out that my bike actually happened to be 12 horsepower down. Mm-hmm. um which was a little bit different because they had changed the rules in the off season so there's some confusion of what we could do what we couldn't do and, and um and we didn't start the season off so well we ended up fifth. um so we this
1: is, you know where you what, what bike were you data, on? what bike and series were you
2: I was racing the I was racing the for the same team um on a Ninja 400 same mm-hmm. bike um we had a new crew chief Jason Farrell Okay. Um, which we happened to work very well together in testing, you know. Um, we were able to set the bike up well, things like that. We got along, which was great. Um, and then we went on to VIR, which VIR was um, was a little bit of a difficult and unlucky weekend in race one. Um, my bike died towards the beginning of the race within the first few laps, and I, I, I had a DNF I wasn't able to get going again, Unfortunately. Race 2 was downpour and mm. um, only the front four riders put on rain tires everyone else was on slicks wow. so I ended up getting P5 so that, that was a very interesting race I think mm. for everybody it was it was downpouring and we were all on slicks that was that was definitely an interesting race and even those are it fun we know way, what?
1: those are the fun as you know as a spectator those are the fun races to watch because anything yep. and everything happens
2: even as a rider, it's fun, you know, everything's, you're always kind of out of control, sliding around everywhere. And even though you're super tense, you know, it, it, at the end, you you definitely have a big smile on your face yeah. just from, uh,
1: like, how could you not I, be having a good time?
2: Exactly right, you know?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: from there road america actually was was one of my best weekends of the season um it was my home race um my whole family was there i had a big crowd of friends and family and it was just a very special weekend um race 1 i battled for the podium i missed out just by a little bit race 2 battled for the win led a good part of the race and then um i ended up making a small mistake on my i hit a false neutral mm. and lost touch with that group and ended up p4 positive and from there throughout the whole season you know we still just struggled to have that little bit extra pace that we wanted um we had some issues with the bike and um from there it was just um a little bit of a headache you know we were, i was training hard the team was working hard but things just weren't working and um mm-hmm. for the last three rounds of the season i ended up signing with quarterly racing okay racing um was managed by Bob Robbins, who's a very good guy. I really thank him for the opportunity. Um, and the, the, all the on-track coaching and rider coaching was by Dale Quarterly, who previously raced in the Superbike class in AMA. Okay. In the nineties and such. Um, but you know, first round in Pittsburgh, um, we battled for the podium. Um, so it was definitely a, a step forward, you know, and mentally I was getting my confidence back. Um, and then we went on to New Jersey, which was again your home track. Yeah, yeah. Race one, I was able to um, close the gap to the leaders, and at the last lap, we we're battling with the leaders. Um, unfortunately, myself and another rider were taken out by a guy who high sided.
1: I saw that. I was, I was literally like, I was th- that. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, man. It, it's it, it, sidebar. When you, you know, I know a lot of people, and I know a lot of riders, but like, if I feel like I have a connection. If I feel like, all right, you know, that's that's my homie, that's my little bro right there. Mm-hmm. Seeing, you, seeing people that you have a connection with go down, you know, no matter how minor mm-hmm. or major it is, it's just like, all right, just get up, get back on yep. it. Yeah, and so yep. you went down, but then what happened? So after
2: I went down, um, I was able to get, I pick up the bike and um, I was able to get it going
1: right away and I actually was still able to finish sixth. Which was crazy because it was like, and that's that was my point. It was like, you went down, but then you got right. You popped back. I'm not saying popped yep. up. You got up and you got back on it and you did the damn thing. So I was highly <laughs> impressed. I, you know, I was like, that's yeah, my Thank dude. You. That's my dude right there. That's my guy.
2: Yep. And then the second race, which happened to be my best race of the season, um, we battled it out, you know, I led a, a part of the race, you know, the leader ended up checking out, which he, he was very strong that day. Um, but I was able to hold the guys off in a, a really intense battle. It was one of my best battles I've ever had. And I was able to hold them off at the end and I ended up second. So I was really, really happy for that. And um, yeah. it was definitely a good moment, you know, the whole season I had struggled so much. And to finally uh, get that podium really, really felt special.
1: Yeah, it was it's something to like I said, look, man, when you get up to GP, if you don't holler at your boy, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna be calling your dad and be, be at your trailer, and be like, yo, it's Black Moses, what's good? Don't <laughs> act like you don't know nobody. Um, but, sure, but <laughs> now Barber, uh finishing the year out at Barber this year, how was that? So Barber this
2: year, um Barber is probably the track I have the most experience at. Um, Barber is definitely one of my favorite tracks also. Um, you know, we were figuring it out set up, you know, I actually had a, a setup issue similar to last year where there's not enough weight on the front end. And um, we were really working hard to stiffen up that rear. And um, we had big problems with the front sliding around and chattering all weekend. And um, in race one, um, we were able to kind of figure out a setup that would work for the race. Um, and I was able to battle for the podium at the beginning stages of the race. And um, from there, um, I ended up burning out the clutch. The clutch burnt mm. um, within the first few laps, and I really limped it. I was to finish the race, which I, I – another lap, and, and it would have been too bad to finish. I wouldn't have been able to finish. So I barely limped it home finally limped it home you know we uh, we gathered up some experience you know and uh, really just fueled that fire for the next day um, which the next day was another great battle luckily I had no mechanical issues or anything um battling for the podium all race long I uh, and um, and the last lap I was I, in my mind I was able to set it up perfectly I wanted to be in fifth place with a double bike draft. Um, before the chicane which is turned 10 and 11 which set me up for the following chicane and um, so I expected to go through the fast chicane 10 and 11 on the little straightaway to draft past both and um, pulled that up to the finish line which I had done on previous laps um, so from there um, I actually drafted the rider in fourth a little quicker than I expected and I was in front of him going into that fast chicane and. Um, We went into the left and when we went into the right we he ended up hitting me and from there that was just enough to push me wide and i had to lift otherwise i would have ran into the grass and just that little lift Mm. was enough for the other riders to swamp me down the straight wow and you know um i was disappointed just because of my position but after i looked back on it i mean honestly it was a crazy battle it was a battle between probably i think was six riders
1: that's crazy man And that was the and was that the final race? That was it, right? Or was that race? That was one? the final race of the season. Wow. So where it points wise, where were you overall for the season?
2: Points wise, I believe I ended up
1: sixth. Or fifth. Okay. Okay. And and again, what series were you competing in? The Moto America Junior Cup. The Junior Cup. Okay. What is the plan for twenty twenty? So um so you know we
2: do have some big news coming out soon. Um Unfortunately, I can't say you now. You can't but... tell
1: me, bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we do have some big plans. You know, um I'm really looking forward to next season. Um all I can say is I might be packing my bags.
1: Okay. And say less. Say less. Okay. I feel you. Oh wait, okay. So you're talking about moving uh oh, let me how should I how can we say this? Are we talking about moving to a coast or are we talking about moving across a body of ocean? Um, Can you not ocean say, is man. that too much? body the of ocean? ocean. Ocean, okay. Body so, of ocean. So we're going
2: international. Okay. We're going international. Um, I like it. So, um, so, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I've been training extra hard this off season um, just to really prepare for it. And, um, you know, um, I'm very grateful to all my sponsors and my father for really putting me in the position that now you know it's really all up to me and these next two years are going to be the most important years of my career because at this point it's really going to me be, be a uh, make it or break it type deal you know sure. either i this could lead me to racing in the world championship and really set me up for my dream
1: or Proper. it could set me back and set me up for something else you know listen listen when you get ready if i don't get a press release From you directly Email to me (laughs) I will be knocking on your trailer (laughs) So you make sure When it's official Whatever the news is You make sure you let me know So I can help broadcast that positive message And send you some positive vibes Uh, Because if ever If ever I knew somebody that deserved Greatness It's you I really, and I mean that, dude, you got, there's something, there's something really cool, and I've been telling everybody, I've been bringing the word rad back, um, there's something very rad about you, and rad recognizes rad, so the radness in me recognizes the (laughs) radness in you. It sounds weird when it, when you hear it on the other side of your brain, (laughs) but inside my head, it sounds really cool, but you know what I'm saying. uh, I understand what you're saying, and I appreciate it. Now, now, what advice what advice could you offer someone to anyone? I don't want to say to someone who's trying to do it, to somebody who is doing it, to somebody young, to somebody old, what life advice, because you're a go getter. What life advice do you offer to anyone who's trying to go and get it?
2: You know, honestly, the best quote I ever heard was if you want something bad enough, you can never give up. And that statement is absolutely true. And, um, I believe that if you really want something and you really believe in, you have to believe in yourself. And if you do believe in yourself, you really just have to make it happen and do whatever it takes to make it happen, whether that's training hard, whether that's studying, whether that's anything of that nature. If you want something, you have to get it done yourself. And, um, you know, I believe you create your own luck in the way that the harder you train, the more lucky you'll be. The the more focused you are, the more lucky you'll be. And that's that that's my biggest piece of advice is, is if if you really
1: want something, you need to do whatever it takes to make it happen. How old are you now? I'm fifteen. Fifteen, but you got an old soul. You sound like you're going on 45. That's what it sounds like, man. <laughs> <laughs> um listen <laughs> Listen, man. Um before I, you know, before I let you go, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but Every episode of Life in the Fast Land hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses, we have a section called the Super Poll. And the Super Poll, yep. you're familiar with the Super Poll? No, so I'm not. I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to break it on down. I ask you maybe three questions and it's rapid response just speak your rapid truth whatever is your you know whatever pops into your brain whatever your honest answer is it is what it is so I'm going to ask you three questions and you just give me a rapid truth okay are you ready (laughs) are you ready yeah let's get it let's get it all right I'm ready question number one Tupac or Biggie Tupac okay
2: any particular reason um, you know, um, I actually do like rap a lot, and um, I just it seems I seem to you know I like I like I think it's real what Tupac raps about, and that's no diss towards Biggie. You know, I think Biggie's really good also. I don't know what it is. I just um, it seems like I can. Uh, you resonate I like more to with Pac. Vib- I,
1: exactly. I can dig it. I can dig it. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I often feel the same way. I listen to both, you know, but sometimes I, you know, I, I I just vibe more with, with Pac. Um, moving on question number two, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure or John wick, John wick. (laughs) I gotta say, John, that's a little inside. That's a little, that's a little inside, a little inside, uh, uh, Question there, but you know John Wick. But go ahead, go ahead. Reason being is um, I actually
2: haven't seen Bill and Ted. Um, what? Uh, Keanu Keanu Reeves himself told me I need to see Bill and Ted, and um, I planned on watching it. They got rid of it off Netflix, so I have
1: to what? find a way to watch it. Bro, let me tell you something, man. Keanu told you to watch it. Black Moses is telling you to watch it. Next time we get it. next time we get together, if we have two hours if we have because we're both very busy people but I will yep. watch it with you okay <laughs> alright okay? it's a good movie man you'll enjoy it but I can't be mad at you about John Wick that's that's the movie I'm just Ch- saying yep okay John Wick's very good great movie okay final question of the Super Bowl section if you could take a ride with anybody biblical mythological uh no longer with us, fictional, non-fictional. Who would you take that ride with? Where would you ride, and what would you be riding? I gotta say, Mark Marquez,
2: just because, um, just because one, he's he's such an amazing writer, and I look up to him so much that um, I would have endless conversations with him. I would have endless questions for him. Um, would I be riding there? Yeah, um, I would be riding. My my favorite bike of all time is the V4 Panigale R.
0: Oh, oh yes, yes, yes.
2: So I would have to be riding that. You know, he would have Black to Moses be riding. Cole Honda,
1: I assume, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, contracts. You know,
2: <laughs> and and you know, we would have to be riding to a track. You know, um, okay. that's both of our lives. So you know, that's how it, how it would have to be. Which track would you um,
1: prefer?
2: oof the red bull ring in austria just because that's a track i've always wanted to ride and i haven't
1: ridden it yet so it'd be a good learning experience i love it i love it that that my friend that was that was a great super pole section good job good job um thank you. before, you're welcome thank you before i let you go man um who do you want to give a shout out to let's give a shout out to your sponsors anybody you want to say thank you to anybody you want to say hi to
2: I just want to say a big shout out to, of course, my parents. Um, they really make everything possible for me. And if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I also want to say a big, big shout out to Arch Motorcycles. Um, Arch, The Arch guys have been with me for a couple of years now. And um, they've really um, been able to support me in times that I've needed it. And um, And if it wasn't for them, I also wouldn't be able to do some of the things
1: I do today. I can dig it, man. Where can my listeners follow and support your movement? Give out your social media platforms. You can follow
2: me on Facebook. Um, You can look up my name, Damien Jigalov. You can also follow me on Instagram at DamienJigalov78.
1: And also Twitter, DamienJigalov78. I love it, man. Look, bro. I am always, always, it is my pleasure to talk to you. It's always great when I see you, man. I probably won't see you until, unless, you know, unless I'm blessed before then, but I think next time we'll probably hang out will be Austin, maybe? Yep, I would love to make Austin. Okay, all right, look, you keep me posted. If we're going to be in the same city, same state, and we got two hours to kill, we are watching Bill and Ted's. Excellent adventure Popcorn's on your boy Alright man
2: <laughs> man. No I appreciate you having me I had a good time Paul
1: Always man always good stuff Look man you stay out of trouble you stay cool You keep training and stay rad alright Your boy Black Moses appreciates you Alright thanks man Well that's our show for this week Please as always Follow the show on Instagram At Life in the Fast Lane Official on Twitter at L I T F L Official, and on Facebook at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. Please remember hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe button, drop a comment or two. Let me know if you're feeling it, what you're not feeling, what you want to feel more of. Holla at your boy. We'll be right back here next week with an all-new episode of Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm gone. This is an MJ Morning Show podcast quick fix on Radio Influence.
0: I said, "Hey, anything you want to know, anything you want us to address on the podcast?" And he said, "Crotchety old man." Well, first of all, there's just a ton of crotchety old man stories we can tell in a world these days where morning shows they fake all of these calls. Those things were real. In a world where morning shows fake phone calls, well, Fester, you were in on uh, one of the famous ones—is the Porta Potty. The that's porta- where I Milton Fludge Cow. Oh, thank God you've answered. Where Milton Fludge Cow gets stuck in a porta potty off of the interstate, and you actually helped me record that. Would you hold the garbage can over? No, the, it, was uh, a over the uh, it was a cooler. It was a cooler. It was a Gatorade cooler. Yeah. And you gotta th- explain how, it, how you did That's You should explain the sound effects because I never knew that was a cooler. I was just pictured. A garbage can over your head as the... Because I had to get that sound of, yeah. you know, inside like a, a plastic, hollow en- plastic enclosure. Fan. Yeah. And was it, it was a big cooler that we found back in the promotions <laughs> department. <laughs> you stuck your head in that thing and did the call? Well, Jeez. he held it over my head, and I've got the microphone in front of me to get that, that sound. I think there's a picture of us doing that call. On one of the bit- CDs. Yeah. yeah, There is. Uh, these calls are real, and sometimes I'd have to call six, seven, eight, ten places with these crazy preposterous concepts for them to bite. It was out west because you fell off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) We had to find a place where I had geographic cliffs. I remember that. And this porta potty company was somewhere. What do you think it was? Out west somewhere, Maybe Colorado or someplace. But yeah. where with a lot of cliffs. Yeah, because Oregon didn't. My porta potty roll down a, the side of yeah. a cliff off of the interstate. You couldn't pull that off in you know, Florida. You guys but, really thought this out too. <laughs> yeah, to make sense. Those calls were real, and I'd come up with ideas. Yeah. And that's how I came up with the porta potty. I think I came up it was like, you know, waste management or waste disposal or what, what a porta potty. And I you know what? Milton Fludge Cow gets stuck in a porta potty and that's how I came up with that.
1: The MJ Morning Show podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, mjmorningshow.com and radioinfluence.com.